podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That statistic you just trotted out about XJ feels like bullshit because I felt like there was a lot more of a wider <laughs> margin between the two teams than that. Hello everybody, welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around Fantasy Premier League. My name's Serge. My name is James, and for the benefit of those on YouTube, it looks like, I don't know, like, I feel religious. Look at the light shining off my head. Oh yeah, yeah, true. I didn't really (laughs) notice that. Uh, We're obviously in different locations. It is Christmas Eve, um, but we are through to the end of game week 18. Just one more game week to go before we're halfway through the season. Um, and we've obviously uh, snuck out, left people doing what they're doing. Kids are playing computer games or with grandparents or whatever. And we are going to go through all of the games from Game Week 18, as well as looking forward to Game Week 19, James. Um, but yeah, I suppose it, it, it's a, a good time to start by wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And I hope you've enjoyed the break and uh, everyone's had a good year and looking forward to next year. And uh, yeah, it's a time to be kind to each other, isn't it, James? So, you know, internet trolls and all that. We don't want to know that. Be nice. Enjoy your Christmas break. And uh, hope you, hope everyone's had a good one. Going to play bingo? Yes. You got Cole Palmer? Yes. You got Raheem Sterling? No. You got Shimikas? Yes. You got I've Lewis Diaz? <laughs> you got Lewis Diaz? No. You got the cells? Yes. But he's yellow flagged, isn't he? <laughs> You got Romero? Nope. You won't have Kai Havertz? Nope. Have you got Matty Cash? That I do. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right, go on. How many flags you got, mate? Four. 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 Bloody hell. And who are they? Uh, I just told you. You just asked me, man. <laughs> yeah, but I was too busy answering questions to listen at the same time. Shimikas, which is injury, so he's a definite. He's going to go. If he's a broken collarbone, he is screwed. Can I just say, I was watching the game in the Beehive after the Tottenham game yesterday, uh, which is down by Bruce Grove. And the guy sitting next to me was like... Bruce Grove is in North London, Tottenham. For people that Yeah, he's down the road from It's not the kind of... Bruce Grove is not the kind of place that... You take a lady. Tottenham, you might know, but Bruce (laughs) Grove... Yeah, it's not 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 date night night. In any case, this guy next to me was losing his shit with Shimikas. He was like, get up! Get up, lazy. Uh, Stop playing. I'm like, I, f- I think he's nah. popped, popped his shoulder or he's broken his arm, he's one or the bone. other. Mm. It's amazing. How, like Sometimes when you fall, the impact, how it can break a bone, it's it's all to do with the impact. So, yeah. Shimmer Cash is only a one-game suspension. So, whilst it's a problem, <laughs> is it only a one-game? Is it two games? So, firstly, this as covered a couple of weeks ago, no one should be called Matty, right? So, as the above-average boys coined a couple of weeks ago right this guy's matthew now no more oh, matty okay. he's well, matthew. i'm gonna sell him so i can get yeah. shit what you call Surge, him he was on nine points with 10 minutes to go basically i know i know they, they conceded then obviously in the 98th minute he gets booked and pops his own shoulder slash arm at the oh, same time he? as well he's I done didn't it, see that i thought he was just suspended nah he's gonna well that's what it will show at the moment he's injured as well mate i'm uh, certain it'll be very okay, similar okay, okay. to shimikas palmer's a palmer's a suspension right palmer's a suspension, suspension yeah. so bench for him and jamal lascelles we don't know but he went off quite early didn't he yeah hit problem and of course minutes. eddie howe wasn't giving us a lot away afterwards but Botman's back in any case and Fabian Cher who 
we thought had pulled a major muscle in his bum last week appeared as well. So he's fine. And disappeared Sh- again, didn't he? Sharon Botman will be first choice now, won't they? I think so he's coming Cher, out of the team. Didn't Cher leave the pitch as well? Did, Did he? he come on and go off again? I don't I think thought, so. Oh, okay. I, I really thought Cher came on and then got injured or uh, I might be imagining it. I might be imagining it, James. Um, I'll check. I think, put it this way, Cole Palmer is is a problem for you in the sense that he's not going to play this week. Uh, Fabian Cher, no, mate. Played, no, the, full, played. played the full 90 Fine. minutes, mate. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shimikas and Cash are obviously definitive Cash and Cash are the two I'm going to solve. But the reality is I had saved the Pedro Porro transfer for this week anyway. So I'm likely to go, and obviously Trent is right now uh, flavour of FPL month. Um, we may as well get into it. I've got 50 points as it stands, James, while we're talking about my team. Um, I captained Watkins like many did, which was a disappointment, but I did make two transfers and the two transfers, probably the greatest two transfers I'll ever make in FPL history because I sold, well, my FPL history, sorry, I should say, not in FPL history. I sold Foden and Holland, who were both obviously going to get zero and zero for Richarlison and Solanke, which was yes, a net mate. gain of 25 points. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. Um, Salah picks me up uh, a seven-pointer, but other than that, that was it. Um, so 50 points, but it is a green arrow up to like 1.2 million now, chipping away. Um, like everybody, points on the bench galore, mate. Only the 19 for me. Um, I've seen worse, but 19 still pretty bad. Oh, I've, seen, I've seen a couple of teams knocking about more points on their bench than their team. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's harsh. Like I didn't think I'd get a green arrow of 50 points, to be fair. And um, it has ended up. But Gabriel was... Not going to play over my other defenders. Ariola was not going to play over Dubravka. So, uh, like, there was there's zero bench regret. With there was no fifty fifties. It was all pretty self kind of choices were making themselves. To be honest with you, um, and like I said, look, Poro, um, Poro to uh, sorry, Poro, cash to Poro was going to be my transfer this week anyway. Um, so I may as well probably move and just get that done. And uh, I will then make the decision on whether or not I want to go Shimikas to Trent. Got the money. Based... Yeah, I've got the money. It's just based on, because I sold Holland, right? Oh, of course, just... yeah. You've got the... about 8 million in the bank, isn't it? <laughs> the million dollar question is then, how do I get back to mm. Holland? Um, which, again, is not the biggest problem because within a couple of weeks, Son and uh, sorry, Salah and Son are going for a lot of, of managers. So I can find the money from Salah. But then the question will be after AFCON, how do we get back to Salah? But over the next kind of four or five weeks, I can hokey-cokey it. The, the, the bottom line is there's going to be a few weeks where I'm not going to have all of them. And that's the game, right? You can't always have all the players. So right now I'm without Son and Holland. It may be that this week I have to go without Holland. Um, I don't even know if he's fit or not. A lot of we people don't know. He might be. We don't know. We're probably so, not going to know before the Boxing Day deadline whether Haaland's available for Everton or not. So I think he's he's probably, well, he's definitely in no buy zone at the moment. Um, and I think, to be honest, even if it's a, oh, he might be back, that's probably still in no buy zone. If it looks like he's going to start against Sheffield United, then that's where the game changes. We can all cope without him away to... Everton, who I, I will talk about it later, of are a very good football team at the moment. Mm. I, if I was to do Poro and Trent, it'd leave me 3.8 million in the bank, um, which is not enough to go from anywhere to Holland. That would be a hit as well, yeah, for a minus four. So I would then possibly have to take another hit the week who's, after. Who's your fit defenders at the moment? 
Gabriel. Yeah, so that's good this week. Trippier. That should be good as well. That's fine. So, and so do you need to take the minus four? To come through. No. It, what I mean is if you just went Trent and you've got Trent, Trippier and Gabriel at home to West Ham, Porro can wait another week, can't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I could, I could leave one. I don't need to, but then I will have zero bench because it will be a case of... Um, I think the likelihood is I'll end up selling cash for Trent, not uh, Simicass. I'd, I'd like a bit of news if I can. Um, and yeah, I'll end up with uh, no bench. That's the only problem with that strategy. Yeah, Lascelles but... ain't going to play, but I, I, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's better just to... You've got, you got to weigh up and look at that 11 realistically, and it's difficult because you won't get many press conferences this week, but look at that 11 and ask yourself, right, who's a real concern of getting no minutes? Mm. If you think at least there's going to be minutes there, even if you're carrying like, I don't know, like a, a Nunes, who probably does start at Burnley now, for example. But um, if you're looking at a player and you're like, well, I think they'll get minutes anyway, you've got to ask yourself if the minus four is worth it, mate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I, I, I'm going to wait and see what news I get, really, to be honest with you. I'll keep an eye on price rises and price drops as well. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I think there are a few players that we will talk about when we get through the games that are um, misses. Like, I, I feel like I, I would like to get them back into my team. Uh, Jared Bowen being one at the moment. Socek's not not going to be able to um, chip in bits and pieces. He's been a bit quiet for a little while, so he becomes bench fodder. Um, but Jared Bowen definitely being one that I want to look at. I still don't have Sonny, although I wouldn't really go there before the Asia Cup now. Um, and then obviously, how do I get back to Holland? There's a few questions in and around my team, but I think it will probably be cash to Trent um, and I'll, I'll make a decision on the hit. I'd rather use the hit to get Holland back than anything else, you know? Yeah, but then you can always get the game with 20 if Holland's going to be back for Sheffield United and just sacrifice Salah, right? Yeah, that's the time to do it. If you have used the, the money. The I haven't landed quite so badly with yeah, the injury lucky. problems. Um, and I, I empathise because I think there's, there's a lot of people going, I could I could do without a Cole Palmer problem here today, which obviously with that yellow card at, um, at Wolves and their defeat there today has meant he's obviously going to be suspended for what's a great looking fixture on paper as well um, at Crystal Palace. The good news with that obviously means he'll certainly start at Luton next Saturday. So if you've got Palmer, that's an almost definite bench this week, isn't it, Robert? And mm-hmm. a, a sell. I think a lot of people are going to be making defensive transfers. If, if you've walked through this kind of last four or five days and picked up no defensive issues, you've had a right result. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that, that managers need to remember, right, is that it almost most engaged managers will have a problem of some sort. Because I can't imagine that people don't have at least a combination of one or two or three of these players that have picked up flags, injuries or suspensions. So, so don't don't overly panic because everybody might be in the boat of trotting out 10 players this week. Yeah, I've got two problems. Mm-hmm. Chimikas is the definitive one. Yep. Uh, Pau Torres, we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have intended to start Pau Torres this week anyway. So that's possibly kick that one back because they're away to Manchester United. Who did you know, Serge? Only Sheffield United have scored less goals this season now than Manchester United. I did. I've got all the Man United stats after yesterday. Oh, okay. Save them, save them, save them. (laughs) No, as in, you know, if you watch a lot of the uh, pundits and the commentary afterwards or the fan channels or whatever, everybody's trotting out every Man United stat that kicks them in the balls. Did you know, James, that we're playing Arsenal on Thursday? Yes, I thought we were playing them on Boxing Day. No, you need to watch that game because I'll be at the Amex watching Tottenham, mate. 
And then we've got another uh, game with review pod no, to do on Friday. Honestly, uh, it's made my day because uh, I'd already planned to go out on um, on Thursday night with a friend of mine who, uh, yeah, he, his wife and son are going away for a couple of days. I'd planned to go out on Thursday. I was like, right, I've got to go out Tuesday, got to go out Thursday. This is getting to be quite a hectic week. I can double up now. I, I'm such a good fan. I honestly thought we were Boxing Day. We, I knew we were moved to 8.15, but I did. I thought it was on So Boxing you're saying Day. you can go out and watch the game? That's, that's I, what's I can double up. Wow. Yeah, How impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How brave of you. I oh, can't wait. Thursday night, Arsenal-West Ham. Okay, so... I think Arsenal Powell. can't wait either, mate. <laughs> no, mate. Um, well, look, the, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, Transfer-wise, uh, obviously, look, Shimikas is going to go. And I, I by no means made a decision. We are literally recording basically straight after full-time of of Wolves and Chelsea. Um, look, I could go into this week with Porro, Colwell and Gabriel. And that's absolutely perfectly reasonable as a back fray. Trent, who I've consistently been saying, no justification for me in the money. Now that it does become a justification. It's because it's Shimikas specifically that's got injured. The two aren't obviously relatable in terms of position, but Trent Liverpool picks spot. up. But I've just, I just always felt that Shimikas was on enough set plays and has enough crossing ability himself that he was worth the saving versus Trent. Now that, opposite threat for the saving of money isn't there like do I want to go Joe Gomez no would I maybe consider going Canato at a similar value and just hold the money and say okay there's a bit of investment in Liverpool defensive and because of Joel Matip's long-term injury he'll play eight out of ten or four out of five as worst case yes I might do that but it's Shimikas injury specifically that now brings Trent onto the table one of the things I've been thinking He's at about... 18.7%, mate. So it's it's creeping up and it's creeping I, up. I can't, by the way. I've got 3.3 in the bank, which is what I, I wildcarded on. And I obviously rolled a transfer going into this week as well. I can't do it in one move. Mm-hmm. I do need to make a second. I could go, for example, Colwell to Gusto, still give me Chelsea coverage, and go Shimikas to Trent. And it does all round look a lot more exciting. Like you, it's the same problem as everyone else. Right, okay. Then if suddenly Haaland appears the route to him doesn't become quite so easy, but it's the same as what the plan always was anyway, I think. It's just move Salah down and mm-hmm. get and get Haaland in for Alvarez, or it might sound ridiculous at the moment, or Solanke in game yep. week 20 if he's back available. If he's not back for game week 20, then I think it becomes easier and on free transfers because I wouldn't be desperate to get Haaland back for Newcastle away in 21. So Indeed. they can move them out and then go back to Haaland when he plays Burnley in, in 22. Trent is now obviously a serious consideration. And I think what it is, is a lot of people are going to have the money spare and they know that money's coming spare because of the Salah Sun situation that it's like, exactly that. oh, I can go there. And the other thing is that I've been thinking about quite a bit that I, I spoke about on my stream on Friday is there's this wide assumption with Salah and Sun that when they're back, we'll just go straight back to them. As soon as they're available, we'll get them back. Both teams have good fixtures, etc. I get that. So as per the, the podcast recorded with Clayton on the AFCON and Asian Cup a couple of weeks ago, the most likely scenario here is that they miss minimum three games, game which 21 to 23. And if they go out in the quarterfinals, you might get lucky with sort of game week 24. Anything after that is probably going to be game week 25. And if they play for the winner, it might be worse. It might even be game week 26. Okay, fine. Get them back in game week 25. We could all plan for that. Except both are now probably going to blank in game week 26. So what are we going to do? Rip our teams up to get them back in for one game week when they then blank in game week 26. And the reason that would happen is obviously if Liverpool, Chelsea is the Carabao Cup final, Chelsea, Tottenham and Liverpool, Luton would both be off. off. 
Now, Liverpool Luton could get brought forward to game week 25, it's worth saying. But I also think that's quite dependent on Liverpool's result against Arsenal in the FA Cup, which I'll, I'll cover a bit more once the FA Cup games are gone. But put it this way, if, if Liverpool lose at Arsenal in the Cup, there's not really any need to bring it forward to 25. If they go through, then yeah, it probably gets brought forward to 25. But game week 25 is now the most likely date for Manchester City versus Brentford. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, that might also be where Bournemouth and Luton goes now. Just to get chuck it in. So the same what day, are you going to do? Central. Which of those uh, picks for TV, or neither? What the the the, the City, games. Brentford, and Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Luton. They're not TV, TV games. None they could TV. become them, right? Um, but obviously, City, City, and Brentford. Now, if City progress in the FA Cup, it's going to need to be twenty five or twenty eight. Basically, there's still a small possibility of twenty one, but I don't know what they're waiting for. If that's what's going to be the case, like I can't see that happening personally. So I think City, Brentford would be twenty five. There's a historical that suggests when there's other games to rearrange, you just put them on the same night because then mm-hmm. there's less um, going up against various UEFA games, for example. And Bournemouth Luton, of course, could go in any week, right? There's no science behind that. But imagine 25, Salah Sun return, and you're going, oh, shit, I want to get double City because they've got a double game week with two home games, and then they do themselves playing 26. Imagine you don't have Solanke, and that's the scenario. And then Salah and Sun blanking 26 anyway. It, this might go on longer, right? It might be that it's game week 27. Then you get the game week 27, you might be sitting there going, oh shit, these guys are going to blank again in game week 29. And suddenly we might be looking at it going, we're not going back. Mm-hmm. Particularly if we've got Haaland in and he's playing well and he's very reliable from the Capsie perspective, which with City's fixtures basically up till they go to Anfield actually in game week 28, that could be the case once he's, he's back and firing again. So uh, it's interesting that in terms of the thinking of, my first thoughts was I want to hold the money for Salah and Son. But now looking at it a bit more and going, well, subject to what happens in the cup games, might not be going back at all. Yeah, not till. I mean, for me as well, because I've used that bench boost, it might even be that I go, sod it then, I'll wildcard in 27 mm-hmm. and then get them back, for example. Um, that's not part of my principal idea. I'd rather do it after the FA Cup quarterfinals at the moment. But yeah, it's not as simplistic as save the money and get them back. And I think more people are realising that. And that's why you imagine you hold that money back and Trent's there and you can get there and you can do it. And while Salah's away, there'll be one or two weeks where he becomes captainable if Mo's mm. not about. You look at 24, for example, Burnley at home. Like if Salah's not back, why not Trent? Agreed. So I'm beginning to think from from being under a position of, no, nah, that's too expensive. I don't want to go there. It's probably a, well, I can't see I'm going to spend the money. So I might end up going there. But I haven't decided definitively yet. Well, the place to keep an eye on that is on Twitter. So uh, just follow James at Planet FPL Pod. I'm sure he'll share what we do, what we do. No, uh, probably and not. The deadline is listen to the podcast if you want information. A.m. Which podcast? Any of them. Well, Any of the 99 one. we do. There isn't one. I mean, before 26. Sorry, uh, before what's about before 19. Before uh, the 26th being Tuesday. Join me on the deadline stream. I'll have my team up on the deadline stream. On uh, Unboxing Day. Tuesday morning. Yeah. It's funny, all these days blend. I don't know what day of the week we are. Uh, let's talk about these games, James. We'll always through some of these um, fixtures. There's been some interesting events over the weekend, I would say. Some good goals, some interesting results, uh, particularly for the teams at the bottom of the table that did better than they may have expected mm. to do. Um, so plenty to look at. Crystal Palace 1, Brighton 1 um, was the first game, which was on 
Thursday. Hopefully the Thursday deadline didn't catch you out. I managed to make my transfer shapes. Well, we are surprised. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, ended up being a 1-1. That didn't sound like it was particularly a great game. I take uh, you didn't watch it. Nah, nah. It nah. wasn't. I saw Dean Henderson's uh, clean sheet points snatched away in Sky, but obviously Danny Welbeck's header was particularly good. I don't know. He yeah. had a few brain fart moments in the highlights that I saw Dean Henderson where it was... It didn't doesn't fill you with confidence, um, particularly. But no, to be fair, he's been rushed back as well, and he's never yeah, played with his yeah. teammates before. I, so I get that. I get, it. I get that. And um, but the thing is, with Brighton and all of the injuries that they're suffering from, they just sometimes lack a bit of fluidity, or or, or know what's what. Yeah, these games are particularly difficult for Brighton when the opposition is just going to look at them and say what you got Go basically then. yeah and brian conceded a daft goal right and then you could i can imagine every brighton fan went oh, we're in trouble here like when palace scored mm. not the kind of automatic in the past that would have been well we'll have enough quality we'll steamroller these there's definitely goals in the team you know there's a number of players for understandable reasons such as matoma who i think have been underperforming for a while he's just been fatigued and now he may have obviously got his own knee injury towards the end of that game and they are definitely walking light. The good news for them, and it's part why I wanted to get Sam on COTC this Thursday um, before the game with, with Tottenham and to preview their game at West Ham in game week 20, is the spacing for Brighton, as I said several times, really eases up now where De Zerbi could, in theory, start going, this is my best team. This is what I'm going to play for the next month or so. But with Matoma and Adingra disappearing it becomes questionable. I think João Pedro might play regularly in a wide position. Buenanotti at 4.7 might be an enabling one that comes into the team regularly. I know a few people begin to talk about Van Heck because he's played eight league games in a row. He's 4.0, but they've been so bad defensively, not a single clean sheet all season. I don't know how often you particularly want to pick it. And um, this was a kind of an ideal game for Palace with the problems they've had with their own fitness concerns to say, Right, we'll we'll play you on the counter attack, and and we're very happy with that. And it wasn't a great game. It's is as bored as I've been watching Brighton in a really okay. really long time. To be honest, like I, I I didn't start watching the game till later, as I said to you on Friday. Um, so I watched it kind of live from like about half past nine. I struggled to stay awake. Wow! And considering how much I enjoy watching Brighton, I, I think that probably. It's probably credit to Palace, to be honest. We wouldn't be looking anything at, at Palace at the moment, despite no. those two Palmer Sterling suspensions, Chelsea away to go to Arsenal away, a couple after that as well. So no real interest in their assets. It does ease up a, a little bit for them from the fixture perspective after that Arsenal game in game week 20. Um, although they love the rematch with Brighton in game week 22 as well. Elise played well and he, he looks lively. He's one to keep an eye on. Eze's obviously made a couple of sub appearances. That's going to help as well. We don't think Johnson's too far away, by no. the way, Serge, but with Henderson fit, they don't need to particularly force it. Yeah, these two are, are probably largely avoids at the moment, certainly going into this week. Although I, I can certainly see, like say that move, I said, well, I'll go Colwell to Gusto to enable Trent with two frays. Yeah, maybe I could I could consider Van Heck instead. As a possibility, because their fixture run is great from game with twenty one onwards. Yeah, I, I don't know. Doesn't it doesn't inspire for me to be honest with you. I mean, I've with all the injury problems that I've got, not a single player from either of these two has reared its head as where I might go. To there find will be just a, a conscious, and I'm absolutely certain of this over the next couple of weeks. There will be talk about Ferguson, João Pedro, Buenanotti, Pascal Gross is is one that will be 
dirty consistent over this period. You want mm. someone to step in for Sun, who you know is going to play like the majority of games, for example. Yeah, Pascal Gross, irrespective of where he plays, seems to provide attacking returns, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, Villa won, Sheffield United won. If only we had a clip from, is it the differential show? I think we you started mentioning this game is set up really for the ultimate upset, bottom of the table, no points, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Villa can go top first time in however many years. We, we must clarify though that I wasn't predicting this no, to be you an weren't, upset. But you, I mean, this is football stories. We're going to talk about yeah. Luton. Newcastle in a bit, and we're going to talk about Burnley winning away at Fulham, who scored like 300 goals in the last three games, if you believe the media. Um, so it was there. This is football does this to you. It creates stories like this. So uh, it is what it is. But yeah, Aston Villa will be deeply disappointed. However, you know, goals, we, we talk about goals change games. And had Leon Bailey's not been disallowed for that foul, which was a bit of a funny one because... I don't know. What's your opinion? Second phase? Had it gone through? Um, and won the my, ball my, my opinion is if it had stood, I'd have a lot more FPL points this week. I get that. I mean, <laughs> as a if Sheffield United well. hadn't won the ball back and then fucked it up themselves, I think, um, fine. But it was, uh, I, I, I personally thought it was a bit harsh to decide. Yeah, I, I think what has ultimately decided it is the fact that the ball barely, barely leaves the penalty area. Right. That's what's decided it. So I think... My take on it would be like there probably is a foul there on Fodgenham, although I think he flaps. It was very similar to the, the Danny Ward one against Arsenal last year. Mm-hmm. And my take on that one was to be honest, that I'd want my goalkeeper to be a lot stronger and push off a player, right? Because they're protected species. Is his arm being held? Does it affect him? Yes. But I also think, no, get off. If you're a goalkeeper and you push someone off, like you ain't giving a penalty away, mate. You're going to no, get completely no, no. protected. Push him off and deal with it. Okay, fine. Then it drops. I think it was McGinn had the shot. And it was cleared off the line. Now, if that goes directly in there, I'll definitely disallow it. No problem at all. But then they do have the ball and they try and break out. They could launch it up the pitch. They could do whatever they want with it. Um, and they don't. Villa win it back. And it's really good play from from Watkins in terms of assisting Bailey. I didn't have a problem that it was disallowed. I also feel like it's one of them that, I don't know, on-field decision was goal, but I also get that it would have been impossible for the referee to spot the foul. I yeah, don't okay. mind the decision. Look, to be honest, the, the one that was more, um, I think would be a bigger bug for Villa was um, the, the Ollie Watkins one after about 12 minutes. Right. But he gets pushed. From, that's a penalty for me. Yeah. Um, and I, there was one afterwards with Ezri Konsa that yeah. I think they nearly ended up giving because they was like, maybe we should have given that one a minute ago as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't. So... Yeah, but but Sheffield United deserve what they got. Um, yeah, I mean, despite the, the, the dominance, Villa still had an XG below one. It was like 0.86 or something like that. And you, um, Any team going to Villa, they've just beat Arsenal City on this mad run of home game. This That's what I meant on Friday. It's so scripted that yeah. you've had this great run. Yeah. They're going to go yeah. top of the league yeah. if they win. They're playing the worst team in the league. I bet they don't yeah. win. That, yeah. that kind of Barclays, vintage Barclays script. So, yeah, so, Sheffield United defended really well. They changed systems. They went to a 5-4-1 without the ball. I thought Alston Trusty was really, really good. I thought it was the best player on the pitch by distance. Um, but actually, he ends up tearing up field where there's a break on right at the end. And because he can't get back into position quick enough, that's where the goal comes from. Absolutely yeah. certain. If he'd have held position, he'd be facing the ball up and would have headed it away. And uh, Zaniolo, love the world celebration, mate, for your 98th minute equaliser against Sheffield United. Like, get on with the game, mate. <laughs> um, 
That yeah, they're, they're, they're unfortunate not to win it. I don't know if the five for one will stick for Sheffield United because we've been really surprised that Chris Wilder had largely been playing a back four so far. But I mean, they defended much better. How many times have I said this year, like without McBurney, oh my God, that they can't hold the ball up or anything. And Cameron Archer had been playing wide on the left, played through the middle. And the one thing he had about as a lone forward, because normally they play over two up front, at least he's got the movement to potentially trouble off the ball. And he looked like a player that was really up for it, like could smell the opportunity and the story of the headline of him going back to, to Villa and potentially scoring the winner. As soon as Gustavo Harmer came on, they started playing football. And suddenly a sense of belief went went through them where you could feel at just the time that they started playing a bit of football, Villa started getting a bit desperate. And I think anybody, any neutral was watching the game wasn't sitting there thinking... I'm sure Villa will still win this. It like it was beginning to look like it was in the balance and Sheffield United might nick it. And and they nearly did. For Villa, I think um they kind of went with the team that largely I I thought they would. And this with sort of Cash, Diaby and Bailey all together doesn't really work. Now Cash is obviously going to get taken out of the equation here, so it doesn't particularly matter. But normally when you watch what, them... Yeah, that was my question. What does that do to Bailey and Diaby? Because my first inst- uh, first thing I did on Friday was, are they playing? And I was like, all three of my Villa assets, Cash, Diaby and Watkins are playing. Phew. Like, might as well not bothered with that because I think it was a grand total of maybe seven points between them. But um, what does happen to that now? Because Cash can go for me, no problem. Matthew, au revoir. Um, Diaby, I would rather not sell yet if I don't need to, and I do need him to play. Well, he'll certainly get minutes. You know, to come back to the point I made, look at your team, Mm. like, are you going to get minutes? Yes. My instinct would be that they'll both play at Old Trafford. And they'll move Esri Conser back to right back and Diogo Carlos will come back in the team. And if they can get Pau Torres in the team for Clement Longley, that's what they'll do. That that would be the ideal solution. What they didn't have on... I'm not saying they took Sheffield United lightly, but when you watch them, they have so much tactical fluidity and movement of positions. On, fa- on Friday, sorry, when the game was, the only parts they had moving was Bailey and Diaby swapping positions. There wasn't enough fluidity amongst the rest of the team. There was a big lean towards the left-hand side, naturally, um, with Luca Dean playing on, on that side. And then Moreno later on played just like a, a left-winger, essentially. I think, yeah, Cons will go to right-back. Bailey and Diaby will both play. I think longer term, the one that's a bit of a blow for them, is I think Yuri Tielemans had come into the team and was playing really, really well, actually. Um, he's not going to be available till January. And obviously, Kamara also won't play till game week 21 because of suspension as well. And they're two players that allow the rest of the parts for different okay. reasons to move yeah, quite a lot. I mean, and then I think to... then it will be one of Bailey or Diaby rather than both at that stage, I think. Look, they're going to Old Trafford at the weekend. And uh, from what I've seen and what you've seen, <laughs> I'm not selling any Villa players before they go to, up against Manchester United on current form. Then it's Burnley at home. So really... I'm only moving Matty Cash on because he's injured, but otherwise I'd be I'd be holding and and I'm glad you said that because I do want to hold uh Mr. Diaby. It was also rather amusing on on Thursday night, because obviously the FPL deadline was Thursday. Thursday night these embargoed quotes went round mm-hmm. of uh Emery saying that Clement Longley was gonna play. And by the way, he was too ponderous on the ball. He was too slow with his distribution. He played fine, right? 
Um, and he was one of a number of players that could be blamed on Sheffield United's goal, but it was just too too slow in his distribution, had a negative impact on Villa. But Emery had said he was going to play and everybody just went, oh, Matthew Cash isn't playing. Um, and I, I wonder how many people actually went cash to Carlos Ooh. before deadline. And then, yeah, but actually don't regret it. You're in a better position now. Because all That's those who, all those who were going, oh my god, I can't believe I kept Matthew Cash and he's not playing. Yeah, this and all those people probably wish he just hadn't played at all anyway. He's let's a definite. Move. He's a definite sell now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to some, uh, Saturday, shall we, James? Yep. What was the twelve thirty game? Oh yes, West Ham United to Manchester United nil. I don't know about you, but when I saw the lineups, I really did look at the team sheet and be like, is that Manchester United? Well, this boy, uh, Camboala, who played centre-back, a uh, few of us went looking for who he was because I'd never heard his name prior to the team dropping. And the first thing I saw was on his Wikipedia page was a link to Manchester City's under the 15 charges and the fact that he was 12 foot nine. And I was thinking, <laughs> someone was, yeah, he was, was listed as like 12 foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, this is really helpful. So it'll be a throw on set pieces, I was thinking. Um, and actually, he he didn't quit acquit himself too badly at all uh, at centre back. He's he's not the reason why Manchester United lost. I mean, that team. If they played with that team all season, where would they finish? <laughs> no better than where they are in the league now. I they have the got a lot of injury right now issues as them. well. Of they course, have. they have. I mean, this is not their first eleven by any stretch, James. But when you, if you, if, who cares, right? For me, if it's my club, I'm like, okay, what team are we going up against? And if I look at our team sheet which is basically first choice bar, probably a Gerd for Mavropanos, a Gerd being injured, uh, not injured, ill, uh, not recovered from illness um, as it stands at the moment. You would have fancied it. And net net in the end, obviously West Ham did win 2-1. You you predicted the 2-1, I predicted the 2-1. Um, yeah, it was it was comfortable. I think people were looking at it and, and a lot of the, the conversation was that West Ham weren't great and they didn't offer a lot. Um, I did think that there was there, fatigue is really kicking in, and you talked about Arsenal will be licking their lips. I think that's precisely it. We talked about them looking a bit leggy in the second game, the second half against Wolves, in the end of the first half, and even in this game, uh, fourth game in ten days. I think it figured out for West Ham. So ultimately, what are you going to do? You're going to conserve your energy, let the opposition have the ball. And um, if you said to me, Man United are going to have double the number of passes and sixty five percent possession, I couldn't care less. I think we'd still stand a chance of winning, and we did in the end. Are you sixth now? Yes. Fair game. <laughs> it, doesn't Listen, feel, it doesn't feel like it. But considering like how negative the environment around West Ham has been, and we've had some pretty mediocre results, we're sixth in the, it's, it's sixth in the table, right? We won our Europa Conference League group, got to the quarters, yeah, it was a disappointing way to bow out, but in, in the first 20-odd games of the season we've beaten yourselves, we've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten Brighton, we've beaten Manchester United, we beat Arsenal in the League Cup, that's five like marquee kind of names or victories that we would have won, we beat Freiburg home and away in both our group stages, we've got to sit back and and enjoy the gravy on our turkey mate at the moment, it's, it's not all bad and suddenly what Moyes has found with the front three of Paqueta, Bowen and Kudus is a bit of fluidity because the interchange is what's unlocking teams, right? It's when we start mixing it up, you're like, okay, now who do we pick up? It happened against you. It happened again yesterday where the position changes. And I've said it every week. I always, always, always fancy us to score. Um, yeah. 
that that assist as well. He's he just shaped as if he was going to play it out to to Sufa and knocked it over. I think he's a very unique player, Lucas Paquetá. Yeah, very no, unique. yeah, yeah, he absolutely he, is. And, he's 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 got. It gives it. me joy he's that he's it. one of ours. You know. I don't think yeah. he's David Moyes joy all the time. Moyes no, makes but, out that he does, but I, don't, I think sometimes he thinks <laughs> nah, I want to give him a Moyes slap on the back of the head. But but then five assists in two games is no joke. Um, and is now you've got Sharon not at that price when you've got kudos. But the, the, the thing is, kudos, kudos is going to Afcon. What if you're sitting so, there and you've already been yeah. on kudos and you're looking to sell kudos in a couple of weeks? Is Pakatar an option? Well, why? Well, you, you just told me how many assists he's got recently. Why not? And yeah, the thing is, I with mean, him, because he's such a creative type, like if he is getting in the attacking returns, even that with an assist, a bit like per Odegaard yesterday, but it'll annoy you. The as bonus well. can come with it. He's six million. I would buy Cole Palmer. Um, I would buy Anthony Gordon. There, there, there's plenty of players I would look at ahead of him. Like I don't know what circumstances he would be the right solution for, James. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm I feel like I'd rather you. go Cole Palmer or uh, because you're, the likelihood is you're going to have Jared Bowen or want to try and get to Jared Bowen. So I, I don't. I don't think so. Like if it, if you've really got money to burn and you've got nowhere else to go, um, Arsenal, Brighton, not easy fixtures, but then it's okay. Sheffield United, Bournemouth, the return I think, of the main United the game. The thing is as well, if, if we come back to, let's say, game week 21 is the first without Salah and Son. When we hit that point, people will look and go, West Ham have Sheffield United away and Bournemouth at home in the next two and think, ah, kudos. Oh shit, he's gone as well. Bowen, I've either got or can't afford. Oh, I want some of that. If you want some attacking, that is Pakatar, isn't it? It it is, but then you might fancy. I mean, what I don't even know what JWP's price is now. He's six one. So I'd go Pakatar over Ward Prowse, mate. You would, would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be set more fun threat. as well, anyway. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's set piece. I, I think Ward Prowse would be the set more sensible choice. If I'm honest with you, if you were picking specifically for Sheffield United and Bournemouth, um, but he, he is, yeah, he is fun. He is fun, and he he has performed. Look, Kudus has come to the party now, double double digits. I just wonder, like, if I offered you a, if I offered you a Christmas offer, special offer, bargain sale, Bowen, Kudus, and Paquetta as a three, but like, you're not going to get change out of 250 million for the pair of them, the three of them now. Just, just so good. Depends who's buying. Anyway, well, that's the other question. The uh, the big FPL headline, which came about just after me and you agreed on Friday morning. Oh shit, Flappy's probably going to stay in goal. <laughs> as soon as we said it was inevitable, wasn't it? Ariola yep. came back in. Is that yep. it again? But this I did time? say Ariola's first choice, right? At the start of the season, even though Flappy had played some preseason, when Ariola was fit, Moyes didn't make a hesitation in dropping him in. So, so I presume that's it now. Ariola's back in. He was all right. He that's was all right. A, that's a major, but I, I've not looked at my week and gone, oh no, Ariola eight points on my bench. I've gone great. That's mm. an end of a headache, particularly anyone who's like me, he's got Dubravka as the other keeper as keeper. well, has gone, thank you very much. I'll have Dubravka this week as well, not have Ariola at Arsenal, and then I can play Ariola for the three games that are shit for Dubravka yes. and then play Dubravka again. It's a brilliant little yes. combo, those two, Correct. for obviously a big saving of money, but it wasn't going to be, obviously, if Ariola wasn't back in the team, and it, it looks like he is now. Get, no. Give us some of these Manchester United stats that you know then. Well, so if- no, the only other thing I was going to drop uh, with Kudus, like he's a player as well. Do you know? Do you know who he makes me feel in the similar way for you as a Spurs fan? And whenever you compare players, people think you're comparing players. I'm not comparing players. But you know how you feel when Sonny goes in on goal one on one. 
shoot, right? Left foot, right foot, doesn't matter. You think he's, you know, he's going to get it on target and he can finish. That's how I feel about Kudus now is just literally some players that get in that position. You're like, don't shoot. It doesn't matter. Both feet are equally adept at finishing. Um, and he's he's really proven that. And uh, sometimes his finishing, I don't feel like he's as clean. Like Sonny hits the ball much sweeter and cleaner. What I will say Kudus about does. him. But he's... he gets it on target and his power is immense. And a lot of the goals he scores is because he just fucking hits it so hard, so fast, so early. Keepers are not set. Yeah, with um, his yeah, left, a... but he scored a couple recently with his right, which just well, tucked it in far corner, right? Left or right, either way. And you look at Garnacho's chance in the first half where he was so desperate to take it on his right and couldn't just f- put his foot through with his left. It helps being being two-footed. What? So, worst Manchester United start to a season since 1930-something? <laughs> just one more thing on Kudos. Yeah. Just quick. Just because of what we'd said earlier about Salah Sun, and actually well, back in 25, we might not be able to go straight back there for potential blanks. West Ham obviously definitely will play in 26. And from 25, the fixtures of Forest away, Brentford at home, Everton away, Burnley at home. Yeah. It's four good fixtures when he comes back as well. Continue, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for worst start since 1930-something to a league season for Manchester United. First time they've lost 20 games or more in a calendar year oh, since hell. fucking ages. 20 games they've lost in this a year. calendar year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it's just they they're just not good. Do you know they had chances, right? They had a few chances, but oh I've yeah, never... I mean Garnacho should sort his feet out at nil nil, and no, he should the, be behind. But them, the mate. thing is, if Bowen was in that position, I'd back him Goal. to finish it. Yeah, Kudus in that position, I'd back him Goal. to finish it. But he just fluffed it. I I did. He's a young feel... boy, isn't he? This, and they played with a few young boys, right? I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, that's not so much my issue. There's players there that have proven their quality, um, in other leagues. I understand, like an Anthony or whatever else. But they're just. They're, it's a cultural problem, James. I don't think anything that's wrong at Manchester United is about the ability of their players. The ability I don't think of anything who, is. It's just cultures. There's just some mentality block, right? Marcus Rashford is possibly one of the best forwards we've produced in years. Like in terms of his finishing, and, his and pace. Yet with when he's all these injuries, he still ain't picking him. When he is uh, at his best, he's devastating. Yeah, I love watching him play, and yet he can't get into the team. But what what's happened to him? What's happened to him? And a lot of the West Ham fan cams afterwards were like, why don't we dip in there and Nick Sancho on loan till the end of the season or whatever? I'm like, no, you don't go and bring trauma from elsewhere into your club. Fuck that. I don't need that shit in my life. Um, it's a cultural problem there. Bruno Fernandes didn't, I mean, he's supposed to be the captain and the leader throwing his, he just, he's not a leader on the pitch at all. Yeah. I mean, Anthony, you, do look, you do look at that Fernandes, team at the weekend, I would say, and I don't know, other than Johnny Evans who, and Luke Shaw, who else could take the armband even? Yeah, Luke Shaw had a, a good game. Options. I thought Luke Shaw did okay. He was he he did better than, than most. They've got problems. Like we're talking about, I, I saw someone tweet and I couldn't, it might, I don't know who it was, um, targeting Manchester United for clean sheets because they just got no attacking firepower. And a bit tongue in cheek, I don't, don't, think that's too crazy yeah i hear it's what you're rubbish. saying but I, I still wouldn't i wouldn't play pal torres at old trafford this week rather than colwell's home game or gabriel's home game no, for agreed. example or even 
or even over Pedro Porro at Brighton, even though I think there's next to no chance for yeah. a clean sheet for Tottenham and that's still yeah, Pedro Yeah, I mean, Porro. all I would say to wrap, I mean, for, for West Ham, we're going to Arsenal and we are tired. There's fatigue in the legs. And if there's one place I don't want to go, it's Arsenal. Like, I'm, I, we're going to have to dig in, dig in, dig in in that game. I'm grateful there's a five-day gap because it gives at least some sort of recovery. What you've got to do is just turn up and think, oh, we're playing Tottenham today. That that Just get something in your psyche. That's always got Why are you so uh, upset that we keep because you, you, even when we play shit? Every year you go over there and roll over at Arsenal and every year I you play us trying. and it's massive. What you're saying is every year we go there and lose and every year we come to you and sometimes win. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be, sometimes. I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be investing in West Ham before Arsenal, obviously. It's, uh, it's going to be... A difficult day out and I wouldn't be investing in Manchester United. I just I'll, don't see I'll, anything there. I'll, I want to I want to sum up Manchester United to be honest, I'm pretty bored talking about them and there's nothing to talk Agreed. about here from a fantasy perspective. Um the majority of other football fans now are absolutely at the point of just going, carry on. Yeah. Carry yeah, on yeah. as you are. Yeah. They carry are no on. longer if, if, like they're, they're if, if you think you're six. gonna be really good again and with this manager and stuff, just carry mm-hmm. on. Cool. That's that's what and it's up to Manchester United to prove everybody else wrong on that because everybody else, I think all the supporters of the other clubs in the top half of the table are going, I hope they don't sack him. Yep, agreed. So carry on. Let's move it on then. Fulham nil, Burnley two. James, Fulham, obviously, like I said, free scoring at home, have had some really good results and um, get found out. No Raul Jimenez. Mm, I mean... Maybe that's, I mean, if you're looking for why a Forest scored five against Forest West Ham and then failed against Burnley, maybe there's your answer. I mean, to be honest, how Fulham haven't scored in the first half is a little bit of a mystery. Um, and Burnley's two goals are both long range efforts from distance, right? So this is Take a typical, well. oh yeah, the great goals from Odebur and Sanderberg. But the, this is a typical, absolutely could have been 2-0 the other way around. And you know what? Burnley probably earned that little bit of luck. I said to you on Friday, I said, I thought Fulham would win, but I had a suspicion about it and I couldn't really put my finger on why. And when I reflected on it, I saw the result. Like when we was walking out the ground, it was like, Burnley won at Fulham. I was like, really? And it was a lot of that. Tony, I was like, fuck it, what's happening now? And I was trying to, why? And I, I suppose the, the common denominator is what I said to Jimenez, remarkably, from being a, I don't want to say because of what him, kind of figure of fun, but like a, oh shit, it's over. Maybe it was just a really big miss for them. And William as well to add to that as well because it's not just taken William out of the team it's moved Wobi from the right to the left as well mm. and I did a piece a couple of weeks ago on the like the intensity they was having with their forward runs and overloading the penalty area Harry Wilson's just not that type of player yes that Harry Wilson who I tipped up back in September so yeah look, no major drama for, for Fulham just a, a bad day at the office and I think on a different day they could have won Burnley's team, as I said to you, Serge, is getting a little bit more settled week on week. We begin to look at it and go, yeah, that's the 11 that I thought it was going to be this week. And that included the helpful return of Lyle Foster, which is a big, big yep. bonus for them. That's the same and suddenly, for the three teams at the bottom, they're now looking, they can see Forest, can't they? All they three can. of them can see Forest. They can. I feel for Burnley because just when they've gathered a bit of momentum, they're walking to. Liverpool, then Villa, okay, then Luton, but then Man City. So three of the next four are going to be very difficult. And, and then Liverpool Burnley. and Arsenal again is the yeah, sixth, seventh. It, so oh, it's horrible. Like, I mean, they've got two two home games in there: Luton in twenty one and Fulham the return in game week twenty three. They've got to win those two home games. 
massive. I mean, Luton plays Sheffield United this coming week as well. Like massive. Once once we get to the end of sort of twenty one, there there probably will be at least one of the three that we can say that's it. And I'm sure most of us do think that it's the current bottom three that will go down. But as I just said, I think all three of them will see. They They're making a fight of it. Forest. They're definitely making a fight of it. No, but no fantasy interest from either of these two clubs at the moment. No, I don't think so. I mean, like there'll be a few that might have gone in on Fulham this week because of the fixture. Bournemouth away this week's perfectly reasonable. Perhaps you've got a rotatable option like a Castagne or Robinson. Probably you're under circumstance this week where you're probably pleased you got something like that and and you can play it this week, for example. But no interest in them. I think Lowell Foster longer term is is obviously worth monitoring now that he's back. Hopefully he's in good mental health, etc. But yeah, I mean Liverpool Villa next. No, I'm not suddenly going. Oh, I want to enable Trent. Let me go and buy Jordan Bayer. Like that's not on the agenda. So, well, let's talk about another footballing story. We talked about Aston Villa Sheffield United, but Luton won Newcastle nil. Um, the home tie after the obviously uh, unfortunate uh, situation with Tom Lockyer. Luton wanting to uh, wanting to win. We've got a Champions League qualified club, although be it they're knocked out, coming. Big game. Newcastle are a challenge for any team. Uh, and so Luton are going to just be buzzing to come out of that with a 1-0 win, keep a clean sheet. Um, and just the occasion sometimes can get to you. I think um, from everything I've seen about this game, in terms of the, even the Newcastle fans who... Uh, have been getting credit. They had a great online, banner, Newcastle and so fans. they should. They applauded in the fourth minute. They used the advertising hoardings to thank the uh, medical staff. Like the whole occasion, there was clearly, clearly a discussion around it. Andros Townsend in his post-match interview was talking. Can we about, also say that on those advertising hoardings was Philip Billing, not yeah, just not just Philip. his airway when, yeah, he, but not just you know, Philip. I just want to point that bit out. It's okay. Philip Billing. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I don't know about this naming stuff. This is for, <laughs> for the Premier League to to, to decide. But I, I just thought, look, they, they've obviously, it's obviously an occasion, right? They've thought about it. There's stuff going on here that is playing on everybody's mind that their skipper's there watching from home or, or, or wherever Tom Lockyer was on the day. And then to overcome that and uh, and to win the game as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I was just happy for them, to be honest with you. I've got no... Yeah, I no, think... I double... Geordie defence, mate. And it could have been triple depending on who's come in on and off the bench for me. But I'm still glad that Luton won. Yeah, I think, um, listen, I'm, I'm sure those with particularly the treble Newcastle defence are probably not pleased. And I have seen a few of them knocking about, understandably as well. Ah, oh, forget about week. your fantasy team for a second and just, yes. just enjoy the fact that this is a, a if you If you couldn't... I mean, the scenes of Rob Edwards at the end. Like, <sighs> if you... I don't know, you can't feel any form of connection or or feeling or something for him and think i'm i'm happy for you mate yeah mm-hmm. definitely and a lot of them as you said andrews townsend spoke really well as well and andrews has always been quite articulate as she said it doesn't surprise me at all um yeah delighted for them i've been saying all season so they'll beat someone big at home this year at some point and they've had so many near misses with city arsenal liverpool and to be honest you can put the tottenham game in there as well right because of the situation yep. where tottenham went down to 10 men so that's it now. So there's some good news there maybe for Manchester United and Aston Villa who still have to go to, and maybe even Chelsea, if you're still calling them a big club, uh, when they go to Kenilworth Road next week, that maybe that that's out the way. Luton have got that big win. It was definitely going to come against someone at some stage. It sounds like they deserved it. It doesn't typically sound like Newcastle were battering the door down to get the equaliser. You know, like the other week when Palace nearly equalised there, it was like bite your teeth at the end. I don't think 
it, it didn't feel like it was quite like no. that. So I've heard. And I don't think Newcastle particularly fielded a team that you'd look at and say, oh, you're riddled with injuries anymore. But they're shattered, Suj. They're shattered. They've got nothing. It's probably probably hit a mental wall as much as a physical wall oh, now as well. Yeah. And they've got the early kickoff on Tuesday. Yeah. But then... I wouldn't be surprised if they don't beat like, Forest. Do you know how I feel like certain clubs can pull out certain excuses and certain clubs can't? I, this was a stat that came up in our game. Like We have used the least number of players in the league this season and played the most number of games as well. Of course, we're shattered, but the people don't kind of take that into consideration with some clubs or, and do with others or injuries with some clubs and others. They've got depth there. And you, if, if Miley's coming off and the player you're bringing on is Isak, or Lascelles is coming on and the player you're bringing on is Botman and, and that kind of thing, I think they've got enough depth there. Yeah, but until recently, they haven't been able to do that, right? Yeah, you so know they, that. I feel like they, they had enough on the pitch to be able to win that game, though. Is, is my point. I'm not saying that um, they don't have problems or haven't had problems, but if you look at the eleven on the pitch on that day, I Agreed. feel like they could have should have done better. I mean, there's there's games that they've had um, more recently that maybe they they wouldn't have got a result out of, but I think on the day they they could have should have. Look, they've won one away game all season. Yeah. Wow. The the eight nil at Sheffield United is wow. their only away league win. So. I don't think it should come as a, a as a as a huge shock. Uh, yeah, I think they've won one away game, and I think their their goal difference might still be positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure; might probably borderline. Um, no, look, you are right, I, and I get it as well. Listen, Newcastle would have been treated like an elite club, which you're obviously going to be. Yeah, you got to face criticism for stuff like this. And to be honest, yeah, I don't like, think, even I, when when I talk about my club, and I, and obviously we all get biased. I don't see it as an excuse. This is growing pains. This is what we, if we want to play week in, week out, twice a week, we've got to get that second 11 stronger and fitter and, and develop. And it's going to be a bit of up and down. And, and we've got to just take the 5-0 away losses at Fulham in with the 2-0 wins at Man United. And as long as we keep moving forward. And same for Newcastle, right? They've they've, they've taken a hit here. But if they can come back and, and win their next couple of games, they'll still be in and around it. They're only a point behind us. So I think six. they're in danger here. Of being what adrift of the top four. But purely, purely because I've just said it again, right? It's, it's Saturday lunchtime against Forest. But now it's on top paper, four realistic. At St. James's, what for Newcastle? As a, so it's when you've got Arsenal, Liverpool, City, and then. Yeah, so that's it's, it. It's Arsenal, one, Liverpool, it's City, and then Newcastle, Newcastle competing with what? Villa, Tottenham, and a couple of others, maybe. Yeah, it's just one, but it's one spot that they're they're vying for, and it's very tight there. But James. Newcastle could still finish top four. And what I'm saying is, over the next four, that could be quite dangerous, right? If they don't win against Forest and the fatigue, mental stuff run. is still blocked, mm. then it's Liverpool away, City at home, Villa away. Now, if you're Why not winning like any of them, four, Liverpool, City, Villa in their next few, it's uh, brutal. You know, if if you're not winning any of them next four, you might find yourself in a position where you're like 14 points, points behind top yeah. four or so. And then, to be honest, it's done. It's just climbing uphill. In pre-season, we said about Newcastle ring game week five. And a lot of us ringed it and we didn't act upon it, right? As in Trippier and stuff like that. And then, and those of us who didn't regretted it, right? It was like, that was the fixture. Go there, get it done after followed Sheffield United and a few other games. And Trips particularly did really, really well, right? Ring game week 23 this time. Newcastle need to get through this period. Yep. Ring game week 23, Luton at home, the return with Forest, Bournemouth at home, there's Wolves at home a couple after that. Then there's a better run starting Chelsea, again. Palace, West Ham, Everton. Like, All of those are, are winnable for Newcastle. What so, I'm yeah, saying is, solid run. like, that, here's an example. 
you've walked into the Cole Palmer problem, right? And you're like, ah, oh, I want a one week punt, and then I want to flip it back. Like, sure, Anthony Gordon is going to be staring you right in the face at home to Nottingham Forest. I'd probably rather look somewhere else at the moment because all you need is something else to go wrong in your squad and then you're stuck for a little while. And that's not to say Gordon owners should sell. Of course, they're not going to go do that this week and they won't want to hold all the way through these more difficult fixtures. But for those of us who've got no Newcastle investment at the moment, yeah, game week 23, circle it. And I'm not interested until then. And by then, they're playing once a week most of the best 11 will be back together and I'm sure they'll have a really good run from there on in till the end of the season. For Luton, uh, no real interest, but the fixtures aren't terrible if you want to pick up one of these enabling players. If I said 4.9 million, would you rather buy a Thomas Socek or Ross Barkley? Three in the last four for Ross Barkley, attacking returns, not goals. Um, at that price... I'd rather buy, I'd rather take a punt on Buonanotti. Even cheaper. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's getting he's getting plaudits and he's. I mean, been the playing shot better. he's had. Have you seen the yeah, shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell! I mean, yeah, that that's as as sweet as you can hit a football. Um, I'm not ready to go there yet, um, but it's nice to see that he's got three in the last four. If he can maintain some consistency at that price, he might become a consideration for a few. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a mad tip. For the Go next on. couple of weeks, if you do want to invest in them, he's you've obviously got like some Kabore, Ted and Mengi, and Amari Bell were really, obviously really cheap, and you could have as a fifth defender. And their fixtures, actually, as I said, are, are not too bad that you could do it. But I tell you what, if someone's sort of walked into multiple defensive problems, like now nah, all these Colwells and Canates and stuff like that, it's all boring. I want to get something more exciting. Get Alfie Doughty in. It's a bit more expensive than what you want to pay, I think, for a Luton defender. But I'll tell you what, over the, there's there's fixtures coming up such as Sheffield United twice in the next six and a fixture against Burnley, where it might be that it falls into your lap where you can use him. Um, his delivery is dangerous. Was he second most for crosses in the league? Maybe he certainly was near enough last time I looked. So I don't hate that. And they're, they're more trustworthy, I think, defensively than perhaps the other two. Do you I'm know what not, I was going to say I'm about Alfred And I don't know, this is maybe a bit personal. Um, it's the same as like Paquette. You'll enjoy owning him. Just, I, I like. I just think he's a he's a he's a you good player. Won't enjoy owning him if they're conceding three or four every week. No, but I like him? him as a footballer. So I don't. You know, if you if you have an affinity for a player, it's like like Wilf Zaha. I don't like him, and so when he performs badly, he annoys me. I think with Alfie Dirty, if he didn't perform, then I didn't have any expectations anyway, and I still like him. I th- I think yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, James. I do like that as a, a cheeky little punt. I would uh, also to go back to your Barkley point. He's playing really well at the moment. I was so impressed with him when they played against Arsenal. Actually, mm. I thought he played really. You know, and if you're looking all right in that fixture, there's a chance we'll look good in other ones. Whether that's a fantasy choice right now, I'm not quite sure. No, I'd probably it's, I think rather, it's, I'd rather go for Andros. At 5.0. Yeah, maybe. Uh, let's talk about uh, Forest 2, Bournemouth 3. Two big talking points in this game. One being Dom Solanke, uh, obviously the hat trick. There's going to be many managers that might have moved it on or didn't even go there or were still annoyed from the week before or what have you. I mean, that 17-pointer. Do you think anyone was so annoyed last week that beautiful. they rage transferred him out? <laughs> there will be. I think there will be if they're trying to fix problems elsewhere. I don't know what his net transfers out. I will have a cheeky little look in a second, James. Um, and the other, though, and probably the most important, was that second yellow for Willy Bolly. That was yeah. a joke. Yeah, non-owners. That was a joke. Non-owners want a 17-point refund because that red card was so ridiculous. Guess what? Sometimes you get lucky in this game. Sometimes you don't. And let's be honest, Solanke probably doesn't get 17 points if it's not for 
that is a horrendous decision that unfortunately VAR can't can't intervene with. Um, does he lunge in a little bit with the tackle? Yes. Does he win it clean? Yes. Is his foot completely planted on the floor afterwards? Yes. Does the opponent posing player fall over? Yes, but because he stands on Bolly, yeah, not because Bolly goes into through him. him. If yeah, exactly. anything, it's a foul on Bolly. Uh, is yeah, brutally it's bad, really frustrating. It? Really frustrating. It should. It is worth saying that the first yellow is bad yellow. It's yeah. <laughs> so a kind of a, a darkish yellow, but yeah, that's and that's obviously had a major impact on the game. Uh, Forrest picked an, a more offensive lineup. I was warning a few people at the end of last week saying, look, it was a lot of, oh, he'll definitely go back three because he was at Wolves. And I was like, look, it was basically exclusively a back four at Tottenham. Don't be surprised if it is a, a back four. And that's what they'd started with. I think you might find they'll, they'll start conceding some more goals if they do that regularly enough. They tried to play Diva Carigi, um, basically in a front three with Gibbs White behind that. And that obviously got shelved quite early in the game because of the red card. Did they set up that offensively at Newcastle? Probably not. Newcastle probably hoping that they do. But credit to them, right? Because they stayed in this game all the way through against an opponent that's absolutely fine at the moment. I mean, Bournemouth had more trouble winning this against 10 men than they did at Old Trafford, for example, right? Yeah. yeah, And and they had chances, Gibbs White towards the end and stuff. They could have, they could have won it, but... Um, I'm still. It doesn't change any opinion on whether or not I want to look at any uh, forest players as it stands at the moment. I mean, there's still interesting things there. But you think this is? Um, I mean, Nuno did bring in Origi and made a couple of movements and changes around. Do you think he's still feeling his way around what his squad has to offer? Yeah, I, I think there'll, there'll be a little bit of that. And obviously, you've got the congestion of the fixtures anyway. So it might be that he's gone right. Bournemouth for home. Want to get the crowd up. Pick a more offensive team. Considering they'd lost, I think they lost three home league games before that, and then go to Newcastle on Tuesday and you know, sort of set up maybe like Sheffield United did at Villa and go 5-4-1. They might do that sort of thing, for example. And the Forest fans, I think, would be okay if he sets up at Newcastle that way. Want to see... If you've... They obviously had an affinity in a relationship with Cooper, right? So the new manager's got to give him something to buy into. And I think that's part of what he's yeah, tried to no do at the weekend. It. The scary I mean, bit for he them... He he wants to build on the legacy of Cooper and stuff, so... The scary bit for them, if you definitely think that the current bottom three are definitely going down... Have a look at Nottingham Forest fixtures up to game week 28 from here now. To 28. So, James, they have Newcastle away, Man United, Brentford, Arsenal, Bournemouth again. Uh, away. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle, West Ham, Villa, Liverpool, Brighton, and then Luton in 29. Like, you could easily see them picking up maybe four or five points in that whole entire stretch. Mm. Not, not good. Yeah, I, I think they'll be all right. And actually, I think Nuno will do absolutely fine there. I think a lot of people think that's quite an underwhelming appointment. I think what he wants to do is he wants to progress the football club in stages. And I think they foresee Nuno Santo as being a manager that can get them from 17th to 12th, 11th. Yeah. And then go and then go for someone else. I actually think that's their plan. Yeah. But they're going to have to be careful here because they, they're the only team you could say keeping one of them bottom three up is Forest. You can't see even like Palace and stuff. You can't see them getting dragged into it. I don't know. We'll talk about Everton in a in a second. Um they're not going to get dragged in. No either. chance. I mean they're they're doing really well despite obviously the defeat uh against you guys. Uh anything other than Dominic Salanki that you want to add from Bournemouth? No, I think the moment feels like it's gone. Obviously Milos Kirkes was photographed on oh, Thursday yeah. in a protective boot. We don't quite mm-hmm. know the circumstance that yet. Dango Otara appeared to play left back, which is very what left a clearance, field. by the way. 
Uh, it was yes, goals. Abs- what a clearance. Absolutely. I think those, are, ju- those are as good as goals, those kind of clearances. Look, Semenyo is still a very good enabler, although he's highly likely to go to AFCON himself. I think Justin Clive, I mentioned a number of times, but it might be that Philip Billings nicked his place now. And it's probably going to get a little bit murkier now as well with um, Alex Scott's obviously back fit. And uh, Tyler Adams, I heard some sort of reports might be ahead of schedule as well, possibly. Um, but Alex Scott's basically back. So that's going to cause a bit of murkiness in the midfield. They might move Christie into a more advanced position. So I think... Nah, Solanke. Um, and by the way, Suj, he might be a sell for me next week. And I yeah, mean me that too. honestly. I'm not. I'm not committed just because he's got me these points. I'm absolutely not kind of emotionally committed to Solanke in any way, the, shape. The, or pro- the problem for those who haven't got him, they're going to look at Fulham at home in a week and go, "Oh shit!" Like if you're still sitting there on Holland, and it doesn't look like he's going to be back, are you going to look at Fulham at home and let it go again? But next week, if Holland's back for twenty. It might be that I go, go. right, Solanke's yeah. now walking into Tottenham, Liverpool. I'm very happy with my lot here. Thank you very much. What I definitely am not going to do is hold on the, oh, he's got a double coming up and it might not happen till April or May. No, I'm not going to hold on that basis. Not Agreed. at all. And he might stick because I think I summed him up well last week. Because there'll be said, other flags, James. <laughs> like, he's on, no, well, no, it's not that as well. Like, I think Holland, Watkins, Solanke, if you just removed fixtures... Right now, if they're all fit, feels like the ideal front three. At their at their values, their quality, what they provide at their valuations, yeah, yeah, yeah. that feels perfect. And I, and I am I am of the thought that if I end up there, forget them. That's that's the three. And if I'm ever uncomfortable that Solanke has a particularly bad fixture, maybe I could bench him. But I play him often than not. And it's not that by the way, Tottenham away is a particularly bad fixture next week because guess what. He'll get chances because everybody does at White Hart Lane, as shown by Everton yesterday as well. Segway to Tottenham 2, Everton 1, or Tottenham 1.48, Everton 1.72, maybe? I'm I mean, that's... that's one eight one seven eight. That statistic you just trotted out about XG feels like bullshit because I felt like there was a lot more of a wider <laughs> margin between the two teams than that. Um, 18 shots, three big chances, three big chances missed for Everton. Um, and even, yes, from the highlights that I saw, that um, I don't know how it, you it was, managed it was the to fir- It was the first it. time under Ange um, in a home game, because I was thinking it at Wolves away as well. But it's the first time in a home game under him, I thought, get me out of here. They'd literally what I turned to my parents and said about 10 minutes, get us out of here. Like the game, what's happening now is irrelevant. You know, I kept saying to you, the results don't matter really like there's no target this year and stuff yeah but when you are winning and there's 10 minutes to go yeah i want to get my points and i want to disappear i had a question for you because i i i saw highlights but then i listened to bits and pieces of punditry or whatever else and it was like you guys were good for the first half an hour and you managed to get a two goal lead and build it up versus us it was very similar good for the first half hour was the difference between what happened against us and what happened against them that you scored too early whereas the two goals early as opposed to us you only got the one goal lead um, there, they there might have been a, a foot did. off the pedal, but I, I, I know a lot of the response I've had in the last 24 hours or so, I've been Tottenham played really well in the first half hour. And listen, we played fine. I mean, if you look at the first goals, it's a brilliantly worked goal. Very um, good. But I didn't think we were, I, I thought the game, the first half hour was even anyway. And then right. for the final hour, Everton were the better team. Um, and to be honest, I, I was even thinking going into the last few minutes, if this ends up in a draw, that's not even a terrible result because I'm not even sure we deserve this. I think Evan deserved to win the game. Yeah. 
Um, and you've got to bear that in mind with like, you know, oh, what if Haaland's back? I tell you what, that is going to be a rough game for City on Wednesday night, particularly if, and I know Rodri has said he'll be okay, but if he's not, there's every chance they'll go under at Goodison and get beat. Um, so he's he's key and pivotal for them. They were excellent, Serge, and I'd rather talk about them first and foremost, even though there's probably not too much to look for from the defensive aspect. Because remember as well, they were without a key player in uh, Abdullah Dekore, who obviously links from the midfield and the front quite well, picks up second balls really well. Um, they lost Idrissa Ghan again quite early in the game, sort of, 25 minutes in or so. And actually, from that point, Everton did get a little bit better. They dropped James Garner in back deeper with Amadou and Nana. Um, and Andre Gomez, who we haven't seen in an Everton shirt for about 18 months, came on and was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he was um, a good player when... In the 10 um, position. We've always liked him break, right? in terms of his technical ability. I think there's been a lot of criticism in the past about his work ethic and whatnots. But Sean's obviously... Sean Dyche's obviously given him a chance there. And... He worked hard. He played really well. He scored a terrific goal. I think I saw it was only his second ever league goal, which just seems mad, actually. Wow. Um, he's a very talented player. But I tell you what was absolutely key for them. The two wide players were outstanding. Jack Harrison and Dwight McNeil, both absolutely brilliant. When Jack Harrison went off, I could feel the, the, the breath of relief leaving me because he was such a threat. And McNeil... He's beginning to look like the player that we discussed three or four years ago at Burnley was like, this kid will knock on an England door eventually. And I don't know, because England is so blessed in that position, I don't know if it will ever come for him now, but my God, he's playing well. And didn't he play well? His actual distribution and his passing quality over short and long ranges was outstanding in that game. One of the passes he plays for Dan Juma. And that prick, Dan Juma, bloody hell. He should have scored two. (laughs) Two really good shots. I mean, I was impressed with his uh, shots. The first thing he did, he got the ball in the left touchline. I think he had um, Porro and maybe Saar came to him and he went bam, bam, bam. And he was gone. He was past the two of them. And I was thinking, I never saw this in four months last year. Like, where were you? He, mate, he nearly tore us a new one in that half hour or so. He he was obviously right up for it because of the circumstance and stuff. Um. I don't know if that would have stood at the end. That I know there's a lot been made. Was it over the line? I've only seen one replay of it, and I don't, could maybe have been given as offside. I'm, I'm not sure. Certainly, the flag went up on the on the pitch in the ground. I, I know that at the time as well. Maybe it would have counted, um, but they certainly deserved it if it went in. So really good. And Brantwaite, a left-sided centre back, is an is absolutely going to be an England player, and there's going to be some big bids going for him soon. Um, and that's a prize asset. And Everton should hold on to that for as long as they can because his valuation will keep going out. He's got all the attributes you want. And I think in a team, with respect, as good as they were, if he plays in the team that plays, let's say, uh, a more on-brand type of football, I think he'll look even better. What a good talent he is. James Tarkovsky knits that together really well from a leadership perspective. They were really unfortunate. Nothing to look at from a fantasy perspective other than Brantfrey, if you want it as an enabler, but the fixtures aren't good despite our world they're playing. For my team, uh, players that played well, Emerson Real played really well at left back, um, but Destiny Udoggy will obviously come back in for the Brighton game and and that'll help. Uh, Papsar played really well uh, as the right sided eight, and Richarlison played quite well up front and was a little unfortunate to be taken off. And said, um, 
that he went into the game for a bit of a back problem. He knew he'd have to take him off. He should be fine for Thursday. More importantly, will Christian Romero be okay? Removed at halftime with a tight hamstring. Make of that what you will. If he plays, we'll probably win at Brighton. If he doesn't, we'll probably get absolutely slaughtered. Um, that's how important he'll be. And I don't think we'll get that information prior to Tuesday. Richarlison is a good good get and a good pickup at the moment. Brennan Johnson obviously got the two assists. I probably wouldn't dive into Johnson or Kudaszewski at this moment in time. Poro's still a good get. I also think, in seriousness, for those who aren't on Poro and are beginning to think, oh, 5.6 is beginning to look a bit pricey for a team who looks like they're going to concede four or five every week, even if they might score four or five, then go and get Destiny. That cheaper. If you're really stuck for the money, he'll be fine. He'll do you the job absolutely fine. For me, Oliver Skip in the sixth role was a bit of a disaster. I don't really want to say that because he's homegrown, but it, it didn't work. I would I would personally play Gio the Celso in that position, even though it might be a bit alien against Brian, because we need someone there who can at least retain possession and if put legs in front of him like Saar and Hoiberg or Saar and Kudazeski, that's going to be a big problem. And that's going to be a problem for Tottenham all through January, Skip and Hoiberg in that position. Uh, I think he he thought he could try Skip in that position in this game. And I wouldn't say regretted it because he'd have learned stuff. I don't know if he'll stay there for Brighton. I'd be very surprised if he played there again against Brighton. Nice. Let's talk about the evening kickoff, James. Uh, the big game of the weekend, if you will, based on the fact that they're top two in the table. Um, Arsenal, top on Christmas Day, twice in a row. First time for a long time. Uh, Liverpool won, Arsenal won. Could have, should have probably been Liverpool's game based on particularly the second half, which... Um, based on uh, one crazy moment with the 5v1. Oh, that, that photograph... There's just something Brilliant, iconic about that photograph. Uh, I always think of him as my son. He's just, I, I love I that love him, about but... a lot of Gooners been going, Declan Rice's aura put them off. I no mean, way. listen, if there was one player who'd in that situation, it probably would be Declan yeah. Rice. But no, just Trent hit the bar. <laughs> that, yeah. that's, that's I mean, look, if, if anyone's going to close down the space, he's going to close down the space. If anyone's just, just knowing the presence of might put you off, yes, but it doesn't matter. Trent was still prime position to score. Saying, but Arsenal, I a lot about, you know, aura and all that. Arsenal need to have a look about, look back at why did that happen? Correct. Because that shouldn't happen to a team that's that good defensively. I know it's a breakdown from a corner, but you should be well prepared for that sort of circumstance, particularly at a place like Anfield. Whether that requires leaving an extra one back or something, I don't know, but I'm sure they'll analyse why that happened. I think draw was a fair result. It was a good game. It was a good watch. Two top teams. Um, played with decent intensity. It's worth saying, I, I couldn't remember. My dad, we watched the game together and my dad said near the end, he said, I can't remember either keeper making a save. And it did feel like that. And I think that the right. XG was quite low for both teams, wasn't it? I think yeah, it was, under, it was one. Um, under one for both, 0.97 yeah, and 0.74. Which, which, which probably suggests a bad game. And it wasn't. Like, it was played at a good tempo. You, you knew that it, it had a feeling about it. I could only reflect afterwards, um, as much as it pains me, to say that Arsenal would have far more likely of the two to win the title. Um, and I think Arsenal should feel good about the fact that they've got Newcastle, Liverpool, Aston Villa, uh, Chelsea, a few really rough away games out the way and done and don't have any of them kind of atmospheric ones near the end. They'll still have to go to City and they'll still have to go to my place. Other than that, they've got most of the tough away games out the way. Although I, I saw a stat they're on 10 less points than this time last year or so. Um well, here's the funny thing, right? You talk always about 
two points a game will get you to Champions League. And my two team's on game it. Will get you to Champions League. So that's thirty. That'd be thirty-six points. They're only on forty. So it's only yeah. like four points ahead of Champions League level. So not it's very catchable. title level. Very, very, very. Um, but I guess it's it's a good thing because it, it it shows a more competitive league this year. But I did think that when I saw their points tally of own, I say only forty. But I always look at it compared to where are we and what would we need to do to be where you are? What would we have need to do? Maybe win the game against Everton or not lose one of the other stupid games we lost. And then I looked at theirs and yeah, it's, it's Champions League form more than it is title winning form. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the scary thing with my Tottenham head on is if I look at Arsenal's fixtures up till kind of FA Cup quarterfinal weekend, I, I think, think it's four in a row now. I think there's, well, I think more than that. I think there's a lot of points on the board there for Arsenal. And to be honest, two points per game, basically what what you want to kind of do, right? First half of the season, to win a title, you need to be at minimum two points per game, I think, the first half. So I think like, listen, with respect, you're sixth, right? You could Mm -hmm. put a line at yourselves and under and go no chance of winning the league. And for my team, it would be like 0.5% or something like that, right? Yeah, we're four points behind City with the game in hand. So let's call it six, seven points. So I think there is a break at fifth and below. Yeah, City is is above two points per game, aren't they? 34 from 17. There you go. So they're on it, right? So two points per game in the first half. Then you hit the second half of the season. You need to be ramping up beyond 2.5. To, to win the title. That's what and if Arsenal do 2.5 for the rest of the season, they'll they'll win the league. But the same applies to City and the same probably applies to Liverpool, I should imagine. So Arsenal are the ones I think that have the run though where you think, oh my God, that's a really good run of fixtures. Whereas City, you still see a few things like going to Everton this week, going to Newcastle in 21, even going Brentford in 23. And I think oh, they're all sticky away games. I bet they don't win all three of them, mm. for example. Any so, any, uh, any players from either clubs from an FPL point of view that you're looking at? I know, obviously, Salah Salah, he's still just the king, isn't he? But, but Liverpool, Canate's... Um, uh, obviously playing striker ahead of Nunez. No. I mean, Diaz potentially got a problem as well. It's probably going to be that through January, they probably have to run with Gakpo, Nunez, probably playing on the left. And they'll hope that Jota's back. Because even Ben Doak might have come in the team on, as a right-sided forward young player. He's done his uh, meniscus and is going to miss a few months. They can obviously play the likes of Harvey Elliott as a right-sided forward. They could even play Sabosla there, but I think they need him in the midfield. Um, didn't think he had the, the best of games. I thought Coach Jones was was good again. I like him. Um, no, probably not as offensive, guys. Canate is a consideration as just a, right, I want to keep that sort of value there as it is replace Shimikas with that. Joe Gomez wouldn't be because Andy Robertson is getting close. So I wouldn't want to go down that route. So it's either Canate or smash up for Trent or not bother at all would be my take on Liverpool. For Arsenal, yeah, I definitely want something. And one obvious solution here is, right, you've got the money in the bank, James, still Shimikas for Saliba or Ben White or Zinchenko and go double defence with Gabriel. But then I'm also left thinking again, yeah, but top of the shops for me, probably when Salah and Sungo is maybe invest in Odegaard. So there's a bit of a decision to be made. What do I want? Do I want to go Trent and Odegaard as an example? Might be, plus maybe Richarlison or something else at that point. Or do I want to go something like Saliba, cut me off of Odegaard? I don't know. I'd almost rather leave the option open, I think, at the moment, because I think it's one 
because because of the other two, I've got Saka and Gabriel. If I go Saliba, that that's it. That's like almost a commitment. I think that I'm going double Arsenal defense rather than going. Oh, I'm going to funk this out and go to double Arsenal offensive at a certain point. So I'm going to give that a little bit of thought. I might do. I might just go. Yeah, sod this. I don't want to pay that for Trent. Going double Arsenal defense this week. Uh, many weeks is going to be a good little differential. I think it'll become more popular as well. But I also think Odegaard will be really popular as well. So. It might even be that I leave myself open on that option and come back to it in 21 when they play Palace at home, make a definitive decision one way or the other then, possibly. Saka will be really popular for those who don't own. Gabriel's going to get more attention after the goal at the weekend. And I think he's the best Arsenal defensive one to get. I think Raya, probably not now Ariola's playing again, but would have got some attention as well. Let's talk about today's game, James. Uh, Wolves 2, Chelsea 1. Before we take some questions that we've had in on the internet, I'm going to have a cheeky little look at what some of those are. But, just tell me where um, Chelsea are in the table. It just uh, makes me laugh, mate. I don't... I don't I, my, mouse they top off. my mouse doesn't scroll that low, James. They're, they're temp. <laughs> they are temp, mate. But Wolves drew level with them on points uh, alongside Bournemouth. Fulham are only one point behind... There's a big gap up to Brighton. You could group, obviously, the top five in West Ham, Newcastle, Man United, Brighton, and then you can't group Chelsea with us. They're too too far behind. And then you've got Chelsea down to to Brentford, maybe is 19 points, and then then the rest. But yeah, they've got they've got a really good run of fixtures. So like five of the next six really do look winnable. And you can put yeah, yourself... It's just that Liverpool away doesn't. But I, I, even that, I mean, what does that do? Maybe puts them back in contention for like a Europa League spot or something. Like, I mean, to be catching Villa on 13... Villa are 17 points clear of them. And I suppose, realistically, like Man City, Liverpool and Arsenal are not the targets. Like even for me as a Tottenham fan, I'm, I'm looking at Villa, really. If I wanted to target a top yeah, four, yeah, of course, I'm thinking yeah. we're three points behind Villa, right? And that's... It's not... You, Chelsea fans, I don't think, look there and go... Oh yeah, we're twelve points behind City. You're not really, are you? You're looking at it more, thinking we got to overthrow Villa. It's seventeen points. Not making it up, are they? No. So, um, but they, Wolves they, are coming back after losing to us. They've they've gone and got another another home win. Uh, this uh, game, it's funny where I talked about um, their record and and you said where have all their good results come? Man you? City. Uh, yourselves, yeah, they are Chelsea. Home, they've become a home and away team, and, yeah. And this is it, though. Like at, at the end of the day, win your home games, and um, the rest will kind of eventually take care of itself. But they they have been getting all of their good results at home. Uh, where are they this week? Oh, away at Brentford, but then Everton at home that'll be tricky. Away at Brighton, home at Man United. I'd back them to win that one. They've got, got a really good run of home fixtures. Really, when you look at it, Everton, Man, yeah, Everton's challenging. Obviously, Manchester United's challenge as well. So is Brentford. But when you're grouping these, Everton, Man United, Brentford, Sheffield United, Fulham, Bournemouth, up mm. to FA Cup quarterfinal weekend, that's good. The away games, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, Tottenham, Newcastle, don't look good. No. So I don't think it will be more of the same, right? It'll be good, good results at home, probably bad results away for a lot of what they do. They're going to be absolutely fine. They did okay. Um, I think Joseph Sarr coming back was a big deal because uh, Bentley against us, he was. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, confidence. But when you got again, Joseph Sarr, there as, as well. much as we could criticise Chelsea, I did see a stature in the game. Most big chances missed this season, and it doesn't surprise me because Sterling's had an absolute mare there. He's he's fine for him when he he does brilliant to win the ball off of Gomez and obviously have the one on one chance in the first half, which is obviously at nil nil. 
And it's fine that he shoots. If that's his decision, it's fine. But let me tell you, once you make that choice, you better score. Mm-hmm. Because he's got two players next to him who've got a tap in. Yeah. And really, I certainly know if he was standing next to that, he wouldn't be expecting anyone else to shoot. He'd be passing the ball. And a player of his experience has to know that he has to roll the ball to his right and it's a goal. So if you make that decision as that experienced player to go on your own, fine, mate. You, you're taking the responsibility on, but you better score. And that was the that was the defining moment of the game because I think if that goes in, Chelsea probably score and win. Um, interestingly for Wolves, um, Huang played a, a more central role and Cunha played a, a little bit wider. We had Malagusto come back into the team for Chelsea. And I, I think he's really interesting, actually, because you do look at those fixtures coming up and think that's great cover. The only thing that puts me off a little bit is over the next six, it's good, bar Liverpool away in 22. And then there's a tougher run of fixtures again, which may even include the, the blanking game with 26, as we said. I don't know how often I'd start him. Even with that, like I'd still be looking at others going, yeah, Gabriel's got a good fixture. How often do I want to leave Porro out, et cetera? If, even if I went like a Canate, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to probably pick that more often, maybe subject to the fixture. So, but I think he's an interesting get. Cole Palmer obviously stands for what he is at the moment. Um, there was a thought process for me before today to think maybe Bailey to Palmer and kind of fix the one glaring. I'm happy to take Gordon on because of Newcastle's run at the moment, but have had an awareness that Palmer's a problem. I'm obviously not making that move this week and I wouldn't make it next week if I think Bailey's going to play on to Burnley. So it might be that I continue to go without Cole Palmer for a while. There's nothing else from Chelsea that would interest me at the moment. And Kunku obviously needs a big watching brief. He's obviously come on and scored goals, yeah. uh, scored today. I've been consistent saying this all the time. This lad will score goals, irrespective of where he plays. But please don't dive there because I don't think he's going to start on Wednesday night. Even, w- even with those players suspended, I-, I don't think it's a certainty. Even with Palmer and Sterling suspended, I don't think it's a certainty that he'd play. If he does play, you can't look at it as a certainty that he'll play at Luton next week. Now, once you get beyond this little run of fixtures that's close together, then it's Liverpool away, fine, look afterwards. But then it's Wolves at home, Palace away, good. Then the fixtures get really rough again. So for me, there's not a huge amount of interest. I think the the, the safest defensive one to get, I do think is Levi Colwell. But we think Ben Shilwell's really close at the moment. So... It's largely in a void, and we're getting close to January. So what are they going to do, Serge? Ben, that cashola. Come yeah. over here, Chelsea at West Ham. We've got a few that you can drop 100 million plus on each. Thank uh, you very much. I've got, I've got, I've got a few that goal? they could have just by taking off the wage bill. I'd be happy with to be honest. No, they don't do that, James. If they can't amortise a transfer fee over then they're not interested. Years, they're yeah. not interested. Uh, who scored the second goal for Wolves? Oh yeah, the duck. And I went to be honest with you. No, 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 pronounce it properly. Go on, Matt. Matt Doherty. Doherty, well done. Yes, nice to see you. I'm sure someone's going to criticise that. By the way, people, uh, what was it the other week? Someone said, someone said I I kept saying Hoyland instead of Harland. And I'm like, if you knew what I was saying, it's probably just the wrong name to come out. You you obviously know it's cool. I don't care about mispronunciations. I'm sorry. No one's paying me for this shit other than Serge. And he doesn't really care. So it doesn't Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, I want to try and get it as right as I can, but I'm not pronouncing it in in I It's like like Bruno Fernandes, right? Does anybody actually want me to say Bruno Fernandes? Yeah, yeah. But look, just for... uh, nostalgic FPL love getting Matt Doherty on the score sheet was nice. Oh yeah. Uh, I cheered when that went in. Cause it's 
Former Tottenham boy, isn't it? Go on the dock. Yeah, of course. And uh, we like to see Chelsea lose. Um, we've got a few questions that we've had in on Twitter, James. We're going to do them just for people whilst they're tucking into their turkey and gravy. What have we got for them for the rest of the week? Am I putting you on the spot? You know. Boxing Day. Yeah, of course, of course I know. Uh, <laughs> differential show for our patrons tomorrow. Uh, Boxing Day, uh, yeah, deadline stream. It'll be a team news stream for Advanced and Intermediate Plus tier patrons. Probably 8.30 in the morning, then deadline stream at 10 o'clock for everyone else as well. Wednesday. Man will, is working, guys. Give Wednesday him a like or a thumbs up or a follow or something. So, someone said to me the other night, like, take a break and spend time with your family. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, what do you think I'm doing tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Wednesday is the Skypod and our patron yes. Q&A. I'm doing a watch along Wednesday night for patrons as well. Three hour watch along during the three games that are on Wednesday night. I'm going to try and simultaneously watch all three of them and do a stream at the same time. Uh, Thursday, Clash of Correspondence. As I said, West Ham versus Brighton with Chris Stone and Sam Murray. And Friday, we've got a Game Week review podcast for all the Game Week 19 fixtures. And then we'll on Patreon, we'll have our, our Game Week 20 preview podcast and then deadline stream again on Saturday. Lovely jubbly. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to the podcast. We're going to keep it going through this break. I will... Whoever is moaning, I will make sure James pisses off next summer as soon as the season's finished. Um, he'll probably go on a Tottenham preseason tour or something stupid like that. Uh, right, let's look at some of these questions. Might have to save had. my pennies for European football again next year, right? Uh, That'll be the. Ne- this is the problem of us not qualifying for Europe. That's the biggest problem. It's not the the lack of cash for the club or whatever. It's her getting used to me only going to football once a week. <laughs> That's and if they're having to get used to twice a week again next year is going to be a problem. Nice, uh, Danny Mac. Who's worse, Chelsea or Man United? Oh, Man United. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I rephrase the question: Who is more likely to come? I don't back know. I haven't said no, it no, now. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I, okay, let me, I was going to rephrase the question for you, James. Who is more likely to get back into the top four quicker? Chelsea. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. I look at it as okay. Maybe Man United might be able to get but... a better team out, but Chelsea have got the youth and the talent that but... I feel like they might be able just, to get. Just a caveat quicker. for that. That. United aren't far enough away. Like we looked at Chelsea's points to Villa is too much. So in terms yeah, yeah. of this specific season, like United are obviously more likely and who knows, maybe they might go, hey, let's get rid of the manager and get a different one in and suddenly they bounce and they click and they're in contention, right? So, but I think if you said to me, right, one of those two clubs will finish top four next year, who's more likely? I'd probably say Chelsea. Uh, Kartik Raja, has Christmas gotten better or worse in your personal lives? He says, comma, mates, question mark. I'm not sure what the mates in the end is, but has it gotten better or worse? Humbug. No, I'll be honest it... with you. I really feel like I've had, uh, we're having a very um, quiet Christmas, I would say, this year with the kids and stuff. We've not got a lot going on. We're not going places. We haven't booked, you know, during the holidays for the kids, maybe day trips into London, none of that. Um, even with things like, the meal that we've planned for tomorrow, I, I'm one of those where I like to go OTT, just get a bit of this, bit of that, get a bit of everything. We just kept it simple. Presents this year, just keep it simple. No one needs anything or wants anything. And I've been out and about the last couple of days to the shops or gym or wherever I've been. It doesn't feel like it's been as busy out this year as it has been in previous years. So it's been a bit quiet this year i don't i would say it's gotten better or worse i think better if anything just hang out with the family i enjoy that time but um it does feel like a quieter more low-key christmas this year than um previous years uh it's got better for me uh with a little one 
Uh, he's he's obviously five now. Every house he sees with lights or something, it just goes Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. So okay. he knows what's going on. He knows that there's a shitload of stuff coming his way tomorrow. And that's what, that's what it's about, isn't it? Really, it's about the family and the kids and stuff. For yeah, me, yeah. it's about right Boxing Day. Do you have a Do you have a tree at home? No, I mean uh, we're here at the the, the father-in-law's anyway. No, I just didn't know if you if you'd left presents under the tree so that he's like, no, with my son. Kinda... There's literally no point. That's the point. He'll attack them, right? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, gone, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. My, for mine, are, mine are good enough that they'll let them be under the tree and there's no kind of anticipation. Um, yes. This kid uh, doesn't wait. This kid this kid is smart. He knows when you leave the room, that's his time to enter the room. That's how he thinks about <laughs> there things. There we go. Fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, Coon says, what's your favourite Christmas appetiser and dessert? Uh, I'm a prawn cocktail. So yes, kind of guy, I'm with actually. you, James. I'm a seafood yeah. kind of guy for Christmas. Like, so we usually get one of the platters that's there: a bit of prawns, a bit of whatever crab meat, uh, salmon, cream cheese, bagels. Tomorrow, I'm actually making prawns, um, some spicy prawns, James. Just prawns, spicy prawns with bread and pate. But I, I'm I'm with you: prawns or seafood for starter all day long. Dessert, not Christmas pudding. Like yeah, anything else, on that as well. Yeah. Um, usually, you end up with uh, cheese and crackers and grapes and that kind of thing. I mean, it just ends I, up I being about up four days like, of desserts anyway. So, yeah, I don't really want a lot of sweet stuff after such a heavy. F- I'm I'm happy with a bit of cheese, a few crackers, and a few grapes. Usually, you um, got at the end of it. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, would you say Gromit uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Wallace? Which one's Wallace and which one's Gromit? Which one's the dog and which one's the man? Uh, Wallace is the man. I think, what do you say, I think, Wallace? There I think go. my family <laughs> all think I'm the Grinch at this time of the year. More like, oh mate, uh, James. This one's for you. What's your favourite ever Boxing Day game? Only because I don't have. Oh, someone asked me that the other day, this. and I've, I really couldn't think of anything. I think particular. you picked one on the 29th or 30th. Defoe, Defoe two goals somewhere or something. Yeah, there was a game against you. I always remember fondly, and it always feels like it was Boxing Day, that, but. It wasn't. I said the the Southampton five two only a couple of years ago That's when Kane got the hat trick at Wembley. Oh yes, 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 yes. It was in breaking the, the most goals in the calendar year and stuff. So yeah, probably that one. You know, I love going to football on Boxing Day, but as I said on that the stream the other day when I was asked that, it, it never really feels like we have a big game on Boxing Day. We normally, with respect, playing like. Southamptons or Brightons or Crystal Palaces or Fulham's or something like that. that that's how it, it feels. I think for that reason, they don't probably stick in kind of like some largest le- lasting legacy in quite the same way with respect to all those clubs. Um, I feel like we play Arsenal a lot on Boxing Day. I feel yeah, like, I feel like you get the beat teams. by them on Boxing Day a oh, lot yeah, as well. Yeah, that's also true. But uh, I do feel like we do get the same fixture quite regularly. And it seems to always be Arsenal. But uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I think, James, that will be a wrap for this episode of Planet FPL. It will just leave us to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I know it's a tight turnaround before the next deadline. So if you have lent us your ears to listen to this episode, um, massively appreciative of that um other than that though thank you again for for everything over the year um we've still got stuff that we'll do before the new year uh, but enjoy the time with uh, family loved ones wherever you may be see you on the 27th for uh sky fantasy football if you're going to join us otherwise towards the end of the week for the gaming review and make sure you're subscribed wherever you are listening to the podcast stay safe look after yourselves ho 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 ciao for now Thanks, everyone. Have a great Christmas. Be nice to each other. Cue music, please. Mad Shark.
Social Podcast Network.